dear listeners out there, fiction fanatics, bookworms, storytellers, story listeners, and bards alike, we're made to care about stories. We also connect with stories and use storytelling to connect with each other and reveal parts of ourselves to ourselves. So you might have a favorite book, a favorite movie, a favorite character that has carried you through tough times or times where you have wanted comfort. Today, we're going to be unpacking why we care about fiction, books, movies, anything that has to do with story. So for the second week in a row, we are joined by a friend, Ariel, also known as Yelly draws on instagram is a friend artist and advocate for all things fictional the amount of stories she has introduced to me and has interacted with makes me so excited to have this conversation with her some of the things that we gush about include why we care about fiction at all what are some of the fictional worlds that we have in common who are some of our comfort characters and also just the whole concept of why fiction and storytelling and these characters are so important to us and so fulfilling. So forewarning, there are some spoilers for some of these shows and characters that we're going to be discussing today. And also we're jumping from idea to idea. So get ready to eavesdrop on one of the more energetic conversations that you will be hearing from this pod. And it's a very colorful conversation where we reminisce. So have a mug of something and get ready to eavesdrop. This is like this is kind of like we're having a sleepover and mm-hmm. like this is our little pocket of of time where we're like chatting about our interests and what we like and Cuz this is like what we would stuff. talk about when we're like together though like most of our conversations end up Yeah, literally. Going here. <laughs> I do you remember that one do you remember that one kind of cafe um, moment where we literally we were gonna meet Maggie, but we ended up running late meeting Maggie because we kept talking about Once Upon a Time and no, like reminiscing that, every oh single hour. Isn't that that's Bread Cafe? I still don't know the name of that cafe. I just call it Bread Cafe, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. I know it doesn't exist anymore. Someone told me. I think you did. No. But yeah. Like, no, I was going to bring that up because I think that was the moment where we were like, oh my god, you watched Once Upon a Time too. How amazing is that? And then we both realized, wait a second, why do I feel like we may have been Tumblr mutuals before we became, like, friends in real life? It was one of those things as well where you were like, okay, say your username. And then so I said it, and then I was like, wait, say your username. And then you said it, and I was like, wait, why do I... Yeah. Why have I heard that username before? Like the URLs and like the different You're combinations. So funny. I, I definitely had the moment. Oh, wait, sorry. We are like one minute in. Everybody. Hello. <laughs> hi. Welcome to Wholeheartedly Podcast. <laughs> this, I feel like this has perfectly set the tone for what this entire podcast episode Fully. is going to be like. Um, yeah. Where it's just, I mean, if you put like, a Libra and a Leo in a room together and you just told them to talk about <laughs> their interests. So this is what's going to happen. This is happen. so true. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's going to happen. This is it. Yeah, like I honestly, I mean, Yelly, do you want to introduce yourself? I guess. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> hi, I'm Ariel. <laughs> what, do I, what do you want me to say? I like long walks on the beach. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm an illustrator. I go by Yelly Draws on the internet. Um, that's it. And Clara and I were internet friends. Yeah, we are. We are also internet <laughs> friends. 
we're here today to talk about all things fiction. We're here to talk about things like fictional characters. Why do we care so much about fictional characters? Like, what do we care about as well, right? Like, you and I have mm-hmm. really similar shows that we have grown up alongside and also just kind of different ones as well. Um, in my little notes app, I've bullet pointed, <laughs> just all in capital letters, by the way, um, Once Upon a Time, classic, Gilmore Girls, which I obviously <laughs> noted down just now. Um, Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh my god. That show sends Have me... Have you seen like the first one though? Like Hill House? No, because I'm a scaredy cat. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you know? Okay, so I think you need to know this. I have a confession. I have a serious confession. When I was watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, I was watching The Haunting of Bly Manor with the audio descriptor person, which is basically the person who helps to describe all things visual. But I was watching the entire show with this guy in the background mm-hmm. to avoid jump scares. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? I respect you for that. Yeah, I know. But one time I was rewatching an episode of Blind Manor and I turned off the audio descriptor guy and I felt so lonely. <laughs> my friend. I was like, I'm on my own. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I have a f- I have a funny story about like um the audio descriptor guy cuz there's a Pixar short. I forget what it's called, but it's basically about like, you know, how your organ your it's about how your organs are like, you know, controlling your body or whatever. I feel like you would know what I'm talking about. I need a I'll figure out once I f- remember the the name of this, it's basically like your head um, battling your heart or whatever. Ooh. That's kind of kind of like the theme of the whole like short film. And this this one of my classmates, the entire time had the audio descriptor guy on, and he thought that's how the film went with someone like narrating the whole thing. And we were like, no, it's not, oh sweetheart. <laughs> like you had the audio description on him. Like he the, the rest of class, he was just like distraught he was like i thought that's how the entire film went it's not like that (laughs) but yeah anyway that's another like audio descriptor guy story it definitely becomes an experience when you've watched it with let's say that guy for so long because there are like scenes where it's kind of like danny looks in the mirror danny looks behind her she sees a figure the figure has glass like Mm. it's really fast paced but it also the speed at which this audio descriptor person talks is insane because it's it has to be timed exactly right so that it matches any kind of sounds that do need to be translated in there yeah, no, I remember rewatching Haunting of Hill House, which is the first se- series, by the way. And, like, for all you listening, you guys have to know this. Like, Hill House is my favorite. I will say it's my favorite show of all time. Like, Ooh. that's come out recently. And I've seen it probably, like, six times by oh now. Oh, my God. So, like, when we watched it with my friend, I became the audio descriptor guy oh because I've watched it so many times that I can tell you when <laughs> the jump scares come out. I, I I just know what's happening now. But anyway, if you to, to all the listeners, um, watch Hill House. It's genuinely like I can I can go on a whole TED talk about that show. Netflix. <laughs> I think you have a new audio descriptor person to hire. Um, <laughs> Ariel, you know, Yelly draws oh could be Yelly yells. <laughs> Yelly yells. It's literally yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be me. I swear. Just, w- just with yeah. this show. Just with this show. But anyway, <laughs> we're getting off track again. <laughs> oh, okay. Just to get back on track, I think it's good to. So I saw this tweet this morning, and actually, this tweet was sent was tweeted out to the universe, to the world, to you know all the corners of our earth, by our beloved Tamia, who <gasps> was in the last episode three. Um, she said you ever just feel really grateful for all the characters and stories and games and different forms of media that you've come to love it's always nice to come back to them whenever you get lost here and there and i honestly i liked this tweet on all gazillion of my twitter accounts because (laughs) i was like this this we have so many different forms of storytelling and Mm -hmm. media that we've collected over time and like everything about fiction is so it's packaged so that you are made to love it or really really be entranced by it and I remember like one of my um professors at university 
um, one of our lectures, I remember walking in and the question that he posed as the beginning of the entire lecture was, why do we care when fictional characters die? And he gave us, I think, like a couple moments just to think about it silently. It wasn't anything that we needed to answer out mm -hmm. loud, but he gave us thinking time for it. And I don't know about anyone else in the room, but when he asked that, why do we care about fictional characters when they die? Or like, why do we care about them at all? My brain just like kind of short circuited because I'm like, I, I didn't even consider the fact that we can't care about these things. Yeah. Like, like I do care about a fictional character like it is my neighbor next door yeah. or like someone who I constantly visit. Mm -hmm. Like we are friends in our, in my mind. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, I know I what get they're that. up to. I know their schedule, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. Like, why do you think you care about fictional characters? Gosh, I, well, I'm going to bring it back to like the one, like, I remember telling you about this, but the one like fantasy literature class I had, um, and I had the greatest like professor ever, love her forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Weaver, I miss you. Um, you're probably not listening to this, <laughs> but... <laughs> But, um, you know, the thing about the thing about like these stories is it's a way for us to escape, um, escape what we're going through in real life. But then, you know, through these characters, it kind of feels like, you know, you, we have someone walking with us side by side or we have like control over, you know, everything that could possibly grow, go wrong. That's how I see it, because with the characters I often connect with, it's like, you know, someone's holding your hand throughout the journey, especially when you relate to the story, like, so fully. It's just like, you know what? Someone gets it, and if it's going to be okay mm. for them, it's going to be okay for me. <laughs> <laughs> At the time when he asked that, I remember part of our... So, I mean, have you read Song of Achilles? I have not, but I've, I've heard really good things. I know people are going to cry. Okay, so this was back when it was 2018, mm. I think, or 20... It was 2018, way before. In our class, we were reading the Iliad, mm. and that is the main text that Song of Achilles tries to just kind of um, rewrite or re-envision. And so when I was posed a question of why do we care when fictional characters die, it was like a fresh wound because I just finished reading Song of Achilles and then I read the Iliad for this class. Oh my God. And then I also read the Iliad in another class where my prof read it out loud and also cried during that reading and I never forgot it. But um, I was also thinking, I was just like, well, we care about them. Like his exact words were, why do we care about a death as if it is our own and I was like mm. well it's not really like it's my own death it's just I'm so heavily invested yeah. in caring about these characters growing with them mm -hmm. seeing ourselves reflected in them somehow we always have one comfort character right yeah. that we find a trait that we can resonate with or a relationship we can resonate with mm -hmm. and that's what we attach ourselves to and if when we attach ourselves to it and then let's say the author decides to just kind of cut that character off and like bye see yeah ya, it's see like you your connection to that world is suddenly gone right and no i get that it's your connection to that like that yeah. universe is just like cut off so you're just like well wh who's my like guide now throughout this world <laughs> right it's it's like yeah i, I don't i don't know yeah. Oh, I don't like how am I gonna go go through like what like the how, the rest of the story if the person the character I like see myself in isn't there anymore it's like you've suddenly lost your like vision for it oh my gosh this is so like existential good grief <laughs> yeah but you know, that's what fiction is yeah. like I feel like sometimes fiction like shakes us on the shoulders mm -hmm. and it's just like hey look at this this is like essentially this is you this is a mirror but also Luke can learn something from this they yeah, are making mistakes definitely. they're making flaws and I think the joys of I don't know I'm a big I'm I'm pretty sure I don't know I think we've had this conversation but I love angst because <laughs> it's Okay, let me rephrase. I like angst when I know that there is a follow-up from the angst that will be kind of like there will be closure for sure. Mm -hmm. Whether it is, I don't know, sometimes it's tragic, sometimes it's, you know, happy endings, whatnot. But I really enjoy angst because it shows the ugliest parts of, or just the most painful parts of something that you might not want to experience in real life, but you're okay with looking at fiction 
wise and like i feel like a lot of the shows that yeah we've watched um oh my god if you want to talk about pining <laughs> or like yearning like there's there's so many shows for that yep. or like seasons worth mm-hmm. of that um yeah i still remember every reaction i've ever harbored when let's say like characters finally understand each other or finally get each other mm-hmm. or like you know get together or there's like an a breakthrough in let's say a character arc or relationship arc mm-hmm. and i still remember like re-watching those clips on youtube as well after it's happened <laughs> because i'm not done with it yet so true <laughs> i think for me i think that's why i find myself attached to like you know coming of age stories i think that's like my thing is like i love seeing characters grow into themselves and realize what their place is in the world that they live in it's like that's my favorite thing is when they realize this is what makes me me and what makes me belong here like this is why i'm here and what i'm gonna say i like i love stories like that and i get super attached to it like I, i don't know like I don't know if you're like for me if people know me I'm a big pop culture enthusiast she and is. like I love you know my superhero films and I love like I just love pop culture but my, whenever whenever people ask me what my favorite MCU film is it's Spider-Man Homecoming and they're like but that's they always argue but like that's not even the best one Whatever. and I'm like no but <laughs> I don't think you understand it's like you know the fact the fact that like this is a kid trying to figure out you know how he's gonna live through this and he's carrying such a heavy thing and literally the scene where he's like you know telling himself come on spider-man like you know he's really like finding it in him to like find the strength in him i just love it when you know characters finally realize you know what i don't need to rely on like external factors because i have it within me that's the end of my TED talk for this for this portion <laughs> no, of like back. stories I'm We're attached to. I love what you're saying though. <laughs> I think yeah, so true. Um, <laughs> so true. Sorry, I'm not gonna yell. I'm gonna say that again. So true. <laughs> but yeah, we have like that. I remember that one scene as well where you know like the way that it's also acted out right like his mm-hmm. voice is cracking exactly. he's on the verge of just breaking yeah. like breaking point and he finds it like there there are so many and that's not like the only story out there mm-hmm. and there are so many different renditions of it so you know like heroes and villains right that's like the classic tale yes. of every fiction plot there are antagonists there are protagonists i really enjoy a good um arc where a character realizes that they have their own kind of personhood like mm-hmm. they are capable more so than like what they wear or like ex- like what you said like externalized mm-hmm. to the world and like how the world sees them yeah um and i think for like obviously for peter parker there's that kind of kind of arc of am i just the suit like yeah, you know am i just <laughs> this kind of thing like am i beyond this can i wear a t-shirt and jeans and still be okay like um Uh, and we have like the classic i don't know redemption arc oh my gosh redemption arcs are amazing because Mm -hmm. you have like i don't know it's like i almost love a good redemption arc more than or i don't know maybe i just really like villains because they're so like raw like they're really just multi-layered there are so many reasons why people will act the way they do no a well a well-written villain is so good a well-written villain is like a chef's kiss like we need more of those <laughs> i want to understand why they're like this i want to know what what i you know what like it for me i'm like when you get why a villain has like their their reasons for acting the way they do i'm like you know what you're wrong but i'm gonna respect that <laughs> you are you know what you are wrong like, I have, there's this tiktok audio that like i keep hearing and it's like you know what i re- i i represent women's rights but i also respect women's wrongs and i'm just like you know what i respect villains rights but i also respect villains wrongs. <laughs> that's at, i mean that's a pretty good way to put it something that has actually been so helpful i think throughout the years and i feel like if i don't talk about this i will definitely combust is how clever some of these like tv series or movies are at 
um, taking something you're familiar with and then mm. changing it oh, slightly. I love it. And I love it. making you kind of more interested. Yes. It's so good. It's and so I, like, I don't even... So... I feel like this is taking us on a trip to, to Once Upon yes, a Time. It let's is. visit that little <laughs> hut for a while. Let's let's just go there. Let's just go there. Like a <laughs> we have made our first little stop at the next stop. Um but yeah, like I think something for those of you who have not watched Once Upon a Time before, it is a show that is entirely based off of fairy tales mm-hmm. and myths, but tweaking them a little so they're either a little bit dark or you can see backstory where you didn't have backstory before Mm -hmm. which is where a lot of villains come in um you see their backstories how they became the way they are they're all connected in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. for better or for worse um this is a really tangled family tree i remember just seeing a diagram of this family tree of this entire show and i was like i'm not gonna explain this to everyone but i understand it yeah yeah (laughs) if you're a once upon a time fan you you just know you don't go there. You just don't go into the family tree. It's just, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the first season was so kind of addictive because you had, like, you had an ordinary kind of main character come in mm-hmm. who you kind of relate to because you have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a little cute, a cute, adorable boy mm-hmm. who's just saying, like, hey, these are some fairy tales that are real. Yeah. Please come home. Um, and you have stories like Red Riding Hood. Oh my God, her tale. Gosh, like I wish she had more screen I time. Know. You know, I like know. I just. Anyway, like she she had such a good story, and like there are so many twists in the sense that you understand. It's so hard not to spoil. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, but it's. I mean, well, it's I. I think it's all right. This show has been out for so long. <laughs> what is one character that you think kind of made you go, this is a show? No, this you is know a what? show. I re- I, it, for me, like, I remember, like, because I didn't start watching it until, like, a bit later, because I remember just seeing it on TV and then being like, oh, that's pretty cool. Same, but I think the moment same. when I saw, like, honestly, it was snow for me. I was like, wait, she's not just a princess here. And that's pretty dang cool she was like actually like running around hmm. doing stuff and i'm like oh, yeah I'm here for that this. was cool i want to see this happen and then i started watching it well um especially for the first seasons i if you know me and clara you will know by now that like we are very defensive over the first seasons <laughs> the first three seasons in particular <laughs> but no it's basically um the way they just took like the, the the classic like fairy tales we all grew up listening to but you know just making them like more interesting i don't know like i was just like you know what i didn't see this direction happening but i'm here for it i'm here for it uh, i just i just love it and i think i just lo- also love just the concept of like the story world and the like real life world happening and just the parallels of seeing like, that was like that that's what sold the show for me anyway but yeah i think it was snow that really like got me into the show i love that she was really like good with foraging and like hunting and like all of that stuff that usually would be reserved for let's say the hunter character mm-hmm. or um like just i mean she just had a role like she had a job girl was here not to play around you know she she knows her way around the woods (laughs) she's running away from things she's wearing pants she's wearing trousers (laughs) okay can we talk about that she's like (laughs) agree (laughs) like i don't know like that was one of the most um, (laughs) life-changing things um i'm just looking at like the episode titles so there is snow white which we learn about Mm -hmm. there's also um Rumpelstiltskin there is ooh there is the hunter who i believe is actually the he's usually a side character like mm-hmm. the hunter that kills snow white but he actually has like a role before he you know took another turn for the show we're not going to mention it um <laughs> there's also obviously the evil queen mm-hmm. oh man wow why am i all of these okay can i just read these episode titles yeah go ahead okay episode two the thing you love most episode three snow falls episode four the price of gold episode five that still small voice six the shepherd 
Seven, the heart is a lonely hunter. <laughs> Eight, desperate souls. Nine, true north. And ten, which actually confuses me. Ten is 7.15 a.m. <gasps> oh my god, I remember that episode. I remember this episode. <laughs> what? Wait. It's when, it's when, Wait. girl, you, you gotta remember this. You gotta remember this. It's when David and Mary Margaret used to meet at, at Granny's, and then... Okay, for necessary context, Snow White's modern-day alias is Mary Margaret, and Prince Charming's modern-day alias is David Nolan. So he has a name in the show, they just gave him a name. They were like at the end of the episode. It it was it, it wasn't until <gasps> oh, the end of the episode that why oh. the episode was titled that way. It's because like I she was like you know I came here at seven fifteen just to see you and then David's like I come here at seven fifteen every day to see you. <laughs> I know in that specific voice. I know you, you are now seeing how much I obsessed over this show. <laughs> This is, gosh, this is all coming back to me. We also have, oh my god, I think this is my favorite episode. It was Red Handed. Mm. Oh my good god. Episode, love, good episode. Love, love Ruby. Ruby, my girl. Oh. She also had like a goth moment, and then when she remembered her memories again, she was like, I don't know, she had a rebellious phase. Yeah. She was like, it's a phase, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. She definitely did. Wait, um,. Oh my god! Oh my god! How could I forget this? There was the Mad Hatter. Oh my god, guys! <laughs> this is when my obsession with Sebastian Stan began, and homies. We have Pinocchio. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I did love that episode that too. Good too. Yeah. Um, and then now yeah, that was the first season in like uh, like summarized really terribly mm-hmm. in like episode titles and characters that exist and obviously in season two there's like other characters mm-hmm. my personal favorite <laughs> do we have to know is captain hook i feel like that sets a good chunk of a reason to watch something is because you already kind of know the world but mm-hmm. it's kind of like hello it's us again but different yeah exactly how and is it different don't you want to know yeah no that's the whole reason like i stayed with the show for like five seasons and but we're not going to talk about why i stopped watching the show <laughs> no i think you and i both haven't finished the show yeah. we still haven't we, finished we, it. we say that we love the show but like again Clara and I have gone through this discussion so many times, but if you're gonna watch this show, honestly, just like stop at like season three. <laughs> stop at season three. I think it that's when like it reached its peak, and you'll know why. But yeah, yeah, like everything in the season three finale was chef's kiss. Just like season three finale, everything could have been tied with a ribbon, mm-hmm. just neatly done. Um, and then Frozen Fever came about, and um, that was a bit of a weird time. I mean, I'm not going to say that I stopped watching, because that's a lie. Yeah, but no, I still watched. I definitely still watch. I think I stopped watching, like, by season five. But then once they started getting into, like, more recent, like, yeah. Disney um, stuff, that's when I was like, this is not working the way it used to. It, it doesn't hit the same. <laughs> I will say, though, the Frozen casting was great. I thought it was great. Especially for the sisters. I was like, you know what? I'm here for this. I vibe with this. Casting for the entire show in general, Mm -hmm. like casting is like pretty much on point for the whole show. Like they also pay attention to how much alike they look to who they're related to, which is insane. If you kind of go beyond like five or even just four seasons or three seasons, it runs the risk of something just kind of like a gear is loose. Like something could have been kind of packaged a bit better Mm -hmm. and like obviously um quantity becomes like more of a thing rather than quality which obviously not all shows are like this but most of the ones that we've watched are kind of like this (laughs) and i think one prime example for me personally i hope no one like throws shoes at me for this but like gilmore girls Mm. is one example of that like at some point um i agree the episodes just kind of i don't know like the first few seasons i was like wow great show Mm -hmm. love this show and then as it went on i knew that i was just watching it so that i would finish it and Mm -hmm. have closure yeah no i get that i'm i'm speaking as someone who just watched gilmore girls very recently and 
you know, I, I genuinely do love the show. Um, I feel like I should have watched this when I was, you know, younger and I would have enjoyed <laughs> it even more. But Same. like, no, I get that. Especially like, I think it's because, you know, watching it like post graduating and then watching like Rory go through her like college years. And I'm just like, girl, come on. Or like, you know, it's that thing when you're. When you finally, like, reach the age beyond what the character is, does that make sense? Because, like, when you're younger and then the, the character is older than yeah. you, you're just like, oh my god, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But then once you've reached that age and then the character is younger, you're just like, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's... I know a lot of... I Well, I know a lot of people will defend Rory Gilmore, but guys, on, I'm an anti-Rory Gilmore person. I am not sorry. I am not ashamed. Here's where Ariel and I dive into character development and character growth. Um, that is the main anchor for what we're talking about here. In case you are suddenly swimming in a pool of alphabet soup suddenly, because we do bounce our ideas back and forth. I just can't stand her. I just can't stand her. Okay, right before Ariel just kind of bullets in there with like absolutely a valid point, which I also know what she's about to say, but I'm not going to say it, is... I think the Rory effect is a thing. You first watch the show, everyone in town loves Rory, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh, she's, you know, she's so good at this. She loves studying. She likes books. And slowly as a watcher, you're like, wow, yeah, she's really, you know, I want to be like her, right? Like she's she's got like her books. She's got such a close relationship with her mom. Like she's got all these like cool routines and hobbies and whatever. And then at some point you're like, wow girl does not know how to do anything without freaking out um maybe because she's been coddled all her life Mm -hmm. and doesn't i don't know i thought she was really well protected which obviously isn't her character's fault um but at some point i just felt like i really liked characters who knew like the cynicisms of life you know, such as the character that you are about to talk to. Woo, oh transition. my god! Yeah. So, guys, um, I am a Jess Mariano fan. People are just here for the the love interest part, but I just I have such an appreciation for Jess's character. Mm. Once again, we go back to like me just loving coming of age stories. You see Jess truly grow up, like through the throughout the period he was on the show because like boy had it rough like literally his mom like shipped him off to like this small town with his uncle and he didn't like his uncle also didn't know what to do with him literally no one knew what to do with him and it frustrates me all the more because everyone just put all of these stereotypes on him but he was he was such an intelligent character and it, it and it breaks my heart because i know people like this who are passionate about certain things but because you know they're being forced into a box like they're not being allowed to grow in their environment and it was just it was just heartbreaking to watch being like this character this person has just so much potential but if anyone could would have just listened to him and like given the time to like actually hear out what he had to say then maybe he would have actually turned out for the better during the time like he was in this small town like what you're saying is absolutely true like he literally has felt he's seen and lived the consequences of just neglect mm-hmm. right just like getting handed the short end of the stick and and trying to be better like there was a point where obviously as a teenager like Jess had a lot of kind of like angsty issues where he just didn't want to do stuff mm-hmm. he just didn't see the point of things and that's because, you know, he has other priorities in life that aren't to do with, let's say, like getting good grades or, um, you know, going and sitting in class. And I really liked how his arc really led him up to one, be able to be in a position to give advice to others to his kind of his learning to interact and trust adults again through like his uncle. Right. Like they have. Uh, their own way of communicating and he like learns to what it means to you know really love and care for an adult in his life who hasn't turned him away hasn't like told Mm -hmm. him that he sucks like Mm -hmm. he's also living the character arc of you know a, a child essentially in that moment um who like I know he doesn't look like a child he's a teenager but he's still technically a child because you know he has to have a guardian right and like 
I, I still remember this one episode. This was hilarious. Like where Luke is trying to like, he's like panicking because suddenly his sister is sending him like a whole freaking human being to look after. Mm-hmm. And he's like buying all these groceries and Luke has decided to buy Frosties or something. Yeah. <laughs> like Jess and Luke's relationship was honestly like my favorite part of the entire show like this was some like it was the one thing that i like genuinely loved watching because you you both saw each of them like grow individually because like luke is just luke's just luke if you know the show he's just there like vibing trying to run his diner (laughs) and then suddenly he has to take care of another human being he's like bro come on oh my god when jess just showed up for the first time and he straight up just um, and luke straight up just pushed him into the <laughs> into the lake and was like that's brilliant this is it i was like this is my favorite relationship this is my favorite relationship in the show nothing will ever top this also i think one of my favorite things about jess's character is you see jess succeed even when he didn't go through the conventional path that, that was one of my favorite things about Jess's character because like he didn't go through the college like he didn't get go through college he didn't um he, he he still didn't have much he still had the ugliest car in the world which was not running well versus Rory who is literally like everything got handed to her on a silver platter she may say that she's like oh I'm not like I'm not one of those people she is she's she is a rich kid but like Rory literally goes through the golden child path, but, you know, at the end of it, like, sorry to spoil, but she's still lost. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't, she literally didn't know where to go. So, like, literally that episode where Jess is like, why did you drop out of Yale? He's like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are life? you doing? I don't know. For me, it was just a good reminder that you don't have to go through, like, the conventional path to really, like, find what you find your place in this world Uh, another coming of age (laughs) story i'm just uh i will defend his character with my entire being when he actually shakes rory up and he's like you know what are you doing with your life you have this you have that and you're throwing it all away it's also like echoing kind of the things that he was told Mm -hmm. by like you know i think at one point luke had a chat with him like what are you doing you know and the fact that he can come full circle and do that and say that as well and like try and he's honestly not even saying those things just to like like here's the thing like Jess is so earnest in his intentions like he really just wants Rory to see like what she's throwing away he's not saying any of these things because you know he thinks that she will like him because of it Mm -hmm. it's because he actually cares about her but also just wants the best for her and it's like he wants the best for her by also presenting the best version of himself Mm -hmm. because he knows what it took to get there and Rory just cannot see that like because she's been handed everything or she's been called like oh you are so good at this you're so good at that and so when she fails at something she doesn't know what to do but you and then in the meantime you have Jess who's literally like you know he has he, he knows that he has to work for it he knows like what what it's like to like not have anything so he he finds another way and he makes it work for himself i just i just love that it's literally like i why he's become one of my favorite characters that i've like interacted with in like the recent shows i've watched what what a brilliant character i will defend him with my life and this is okay this is another like segue moment like it was just so frustrating to me like watching him go through high school I, I always just wonder, like, didn't his teachers, like, ever notice, like, if he was bored? Because he was clearly just, like, he's smart. Like, yeah. just no one listened to him. And it was so frustrating to me. Like, just no one ever listened to this kid. And one of my favorite scenes of the show ever is when it's him, Rory, and Paris just talking about books. And it's one of my favorite things to just watch people talk about, like, things they're passionate about. And then you just see how, like, his demeanor just changed. And no one ever tried talking to him about his interests. You know what I mean? It was always, again, just trying to shove him into, like, a specific role. (sighs) Good grief. (laughs) Yeah, we were definitely robbed, I think, of Paris and Jess' Mm. friendship. I think I it was gonna be a like brilliant. they had so much in common um and he he genuinely like enjoyed spending time just with like like Rory and Paris mm-hmm. like and then you know obviously that had to be ruined but um yeah he was like one of those I remember him 
the thing about Jess that I relate to personally, and I think every single God awkward teenager probably does as well. Um, he managed to show and express affection and care and love and appreciation gradually like he found it difficult to say things like you know like I love you or like I appreciate you and instead like he would show it through actions and things like you know maybe it's the Asian kid in me I don't know but like he would he would show it in like turning up you know like with like a care package but not really saying that's from himself or he would you know help Luke with something but not actually saying that he helped him with the the toaster that he fixed or something um and like he does all of these things just to show that you know actually I want to make the world a better place starting with my little community here and like that's what makes Jess so endearing like I honestly oh my god this boy this boy he's just he's a great character arc I love him oh my god now I'm gonna cry (laughs) what the heck this is just a Jess episode. It is just a Jess episode. Like, I fully get that he wasn't Rory's best boyfriend. Like, I get it if we're in this, um, di- like, you know, if we're talking about, like, he's not the best boyfriend. He's the best boy. <laughs> and I will defend him with my <laughs> life. Thank boy. you very much. I love best boys. This truly just turned into a Jess episode. It's so funny. I don't know if you get this, but... I don't realize how much I really, truly am invested in a fictional world or character or a realm until I start talking about it or like see like other people talking about it and what they're saying. And then as I'm just kind of cycling through the different forms of reflecting on this show or movie or book, I then realize, oh my gosh, this has actually hit and struck a chord in my heart a certain way. And now it's just part of me. Yeah, you know? no, like I, I, I get that. Like you just have your list of like characters that you know what. And I feel like especially at different points of your, your life, there's just that character you just associate like a certain period of time with. And I definitely have like a list of those. I remember at the start of the pandemic, I was going, I was like going through, I was going through it. I mean, like just being freshly graduated, but then, you know, you're literally graduating into the pandemic. Um, The character that kind of like shook me out of it was um, Hinata from Haikyuu, which is like literally a sports anime, (laughs) which is like the furthest thing you could like associate with me. But then, oh my God, like there was just this one arc in the show that was about him just like, you know what, you're not going to get it immediately. You got to start somewhere. And he was always just like this his spirit about what he loved and just fighting through and he's like you know what i want this i'm gonna make it happen and i was like you know what i i want to be like you (laughs) so like it's just those characters that you just associate with um certain periods of your life with it's just so important I like hearing that makes me want to continue watching haikyuu i started and i think at some point i don't know why i Stopped. It was probably because I got distracted. We also kind of grow along the years, right? And then the characters that we're drawn to are somewhat the same but different. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that there are characters that I've loved during a period of my like. For example, like this is kind of sad, but for Killian Jones, if we are to talk about him for a moment, just an FYI, Killian Jones is a character from Once Upon a Time. Context over. I used to full on on tumblr when i still had my account i used to like spam like meta analyses posts about like a specific scene a specific like line like completely analyze it and a lot of those posts were about just like his struggle with self-acceptance and like self-love and like just understanding his place as you know i am worth something um And now that I think about it in hindsight, a lot of that, like I know was reflected in my own self at the time when I really loved this character. And like part of it is kind of like, okay, the fact that when I was at that age um, of, you know, self-loathing, whatever it is you want to call it, and I was able to criticize or not criticize, but kind of uplift a character who was going through the same thing kind of is like a little self-love letter to myself but I didn't even know it at the time Mm. like like I was aware of all of these things like I care about myself I love myself truly um now but 
obviously, I mean, there's still some cracks, but at the time, you know, like I had a lot of thoughts of self-loathing and self-doubt and I saw that reflected in this character some way, somehow, mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of grow, but I still didn't know how to. So I wanted this character to grow on behalf of me mm. in some way. Like, I don't know, like there's that kind of connection you make with a character because you feel like, okay, I'm not them, but let's say I am them. And so I'm really rooting for their growth because if they can do it, so can I. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, okay, if we're going to keep getting like, you know, if we're going to like delve into our childhoods a bit, because um, for me, I feel like that character for me was um, Luna, Luna Lovegood in from Harry Potter. Because I, because I was, I didn't go... I didn't go I didn't go to conventional school because I was homeschooled all throughout and like Luna was always like you know she was branded as the weird kid and she like you know people just she didn't really have a lot of friends but she was just like unapologetically her and then I just remember loving that see like that part in the book when they visit her like house for the first time and then she like they find out she paints like everyone like the whole gang on her ceiling and I like I don't know to me that like I just connected with that so much because it's like you know you can you can be a little bit weird and different but you're gonna find your people in the future especially like you know as that like homeschooled kid you don't have like your set group of friends yet like when I was younger so like I don't know I like I latched on to her like as as a wee kid I was like yeah she's me <laughs> Like, you feel like you're alone, right? Mm -hmm. Half of the times when you have kind of these kind of feelings, it's like a really lonely experience. And so when you have, let's say, a really kind of fleshed out, multifaceted kind of character in front of you, um, your project or your interpretation of that character becomes that character and why you care about it. It's actually your character, too. Like, it's fully yours because you are interpreting it. This is definitely a little bit of a side jab of me just saying like I find it so heartwarming that you found Luna Lovegood in that time and like obviously that character is now your character sorry JK mm -hmm. Rowling it's actually Ariel's character um we don't associate with JK Rowling anymore but yeah no we don't Harry Potter actually was birthed you know just out of thin air it just, was it just uh, it just <laughs> happened it's, it's just one of those it stories it just appeared and now everyone just talks about it but yeah anyway I, I'm just so attached to storytelling because you just you, you've, you know there's such power in it you can reflect what you know what's going on in your current life in the current world and um, you know it's just it's just mm -hmm. beautiful just to watch it play out in whatever medium you're like consuming it in whether it be movies a TV show um, a book like it there's just something so powerful about it and I'm so just true. I'm such an advocate for stories of all kinds of stories and we should like have a variety of more stories but this is a different topic that we could like go on mm -hmm. about <laughs> side note right like storytelling like the reason why it's so important that you see yourself like from an appearance level especially as well is that you want characters that you can relate to that you can see yourself kind of represented in that you can see you know you have a part uh, like you have a role in fantasy like you belong in a fantasy world and you can experience all this magic you can you know be in a contemporary world where you kind of you know float through different experiences your experience is really valid like I get so I don't know like I showed a short story to my kids I think this year and also last year I was so determined to just like show this to them because it was a short story that had a main character who was pretty much like them um they're kind of in between two cultures and they're uh, like their own kind of the Asian-ness of like parenting and and just conflicts and internal conflicts had to do with something cultural specific and I feel like years ago when I was reading short stories when I was like a kid, I didn't have that. Like I had stories I didn't relate to, so I didn't yeah. care about and I just felt really detached from. And like when a teacher asks you, you know, um, what do you think about this story? What does it mean? I think it's more valid to like have a story where you can actually see yourself in. So then you actually know what it means conceptually and you can make connections that way. And I mean, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to make storytelling more accessible, but 
Like that's one of the instances where I feel like we just we are made to care about stories. Yeah. And if the stories aren't made with the opportunity to like have us care, then you know, it's a loss because there are so many different things we can kind of navigate, right? Like seeing ourselves in stories, seeing ourselves in characters, yeah. having characters we love and we feel like they're holding our hands and like they're friends. Anyway, um yeah, so we just went into a whole vortex of just like every like on not even just like a deep level this is like a shallow level of all the characters that we've collected there are definitely some in there that i have not mentioned yet um if you're listening out there you know this encourages you to just kind of keep finding your next favorite show or your next favorite book or like watch some of the things that we've been talking about please watch some of them um yeah no you know what i'm just gonna say just watch watch all the things read all the things like don't box yourself into like one specific like have your favorite like genres but like just watch a bunch of stuff and then you'll just understand like the beauty of like so many types of characters and stories so thank you for listening we are literally just hanging out and chilling and like this feels like i'm back at a cafe again like yeah. we're sitting on the floor of planty cafe and we're just kind oh of like gosh, you cafe. are doodling something in whatever you have and like i'm just kind of doodling my own thing as well but we're still having a conversation whilst doodling <laughs> anyway i hope you you yes you and you and you you three <laughs> people out there listening yeah um i hope you have a wonderful kind of week ahead of just reading all the things yeah watching, watching all, all the, the things, things listening to all the things yeah so much stuff there's yeah. so much out there like mm -hmm. we are made to love fiction and if mm -hmm. you are embarrassed about anything that you're consuming right now don't be because don't. you know you like what you like. Yeah, that's it. Just like what you like. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. Let's end on that note. I think it's time. <laughs> Bye. Wholeheartedly. Ariel and Clara. <laughs>